It's Friday, so you know what that means. It's mailbag day. We're going to jump into the mailbag, but before we do that, I want to talk about two decisions that Ryan Poles made this offseason that I think are going to pay off big time for the Bears in the long term and the short term. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. I'm the host here, Hayes. You can follow me if you choose to at CEO Hayes on every social media platform. You can also follow the channel at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform that we're on. And it's Friday, so our episode is going to mainly be built around the mailbag. We got four voicemails and one text message to read on today's episode. But before we get into that, I want to talk about two decisions that Ryan Poles made, really kind of three decisions that Ryan Poles made that are going to pay off big time for the Bears. And I think even though there's some doubt around some of these decisions from some parts of the fan base, I think we're going to, in the long run, understand why he did what he did. And so first up with that is simply when you look at the running back situation, right? Ryan Poles quietly improved our running back room while not paying money, right? We saved money but improved. And that is why, you know, sometimes we look at not keeping players. And the one thing that I always talk about when it comes to Ryan Poles is how he looks at the value of a situation, right? It's not just the talent level of the player. It's not just the contract number. He looks at the overall value, the, the where those two things overline and the value he's going to get out of any of those contracts. And he made a great decision when you look at it with David Montgomery. Now, we, we some people place blame on Poles. Some people place blame on David Montgomery. That's not what this is for, right? Not trying to get into that with this version of the conversation. Petty Roosevelt will come out about David Montgomery at points in the season. But overall, the decision-making he made there, signing Dante Foreman on a one-year deal, and then on top of that, you could you possibly have gotten your running back of the future in Roshan Johnson later in the draft, right? A player that, by all stretch in the imagination, seems like he would have been much higher had he been the starting running back and not played behind B.J. Rob, B. B. John Robinson. And so just that type of move is what really it, it, it lets me know that the future for the Chicago Bears is safe, right? As long as Ryan Post continues to make these type of decisions where he's looking at the value but making the right decisions on top of that, it's great. Like, And it's not just about Bijan, I mean, sorry, uh, about Roshan Johnson either. You look at bringing in Dante Foreman. You look at bringing in Travis Homer, right? Th- just those two players are making $4 million per year less, right, Uh than, than what it would have been with David Montgomery. That That's the type of move. Yes, David Montgomery was a fan favorite here. David Montgomery had the chance, had he been a Bear long-term, to be, what, top three running backs in Chicago Bears history? Yeah, he had, the, he had the, the potential to be that. But you have to look and survey where this league is now. And running back, you can re-up your running back or, or recoup running back talent every single year with the amount of talent that's coming back in that running back uh, position year after year in the NFL. And so Ryan Poles, yes, while yeah, I, I love David Montgomery, would have loved for him to stay a Chicago Bear. He's gone now. And what the and the decision that the Bears therefore made after that fact have all been great. Every single one of those moves to improve our running back room has been amazing. And I have to commend him on what he did with that. The next one up though that I want to talk about is kind of a it's a twofold. That's why I say it's kind of three moves, but deciding to go defensive, I mean offensive lineman with our first round pick in the top 10. And I think we got a hell of a player in Darnell Wright. And I know some people think Jalen Carter, this, this, and that. But I love the one-two punch of getting Darnell Wright in that top 10. And then you got Javon Dexter, who I think is going to be a star in this league, period. 
Javon Dexter has the potential to be a star defensive tackle in this league. And when you look at what we, how we got those two players, both in the trenches areas, yeah, rookie season may be a little bit rough for both of them, but I love what we did there. Passing up on Jalen Carter could be one of the biggest, what it could have should have of Ryan Poles' career when it's all said and done. But I feel comfortable in what we got in those two players that even if Jalen Carter turns into a great player, that we are still going to have tons of talent down here in what we did and decided to do. And that's not even to mention Zach Pickens as well. I love the way that Ryan Poles has attacked this offseason. And I think those two moves, as the further we get away from them, the more I really appreciate the genius of it all and just how it went down. And I know not everyone is going to share that opinion, and that's fine. But I really do think Ryan Poles did an amazing job with those moves. But let's go ahead and get into it. It's Friday. It's meant to be ba- mainly built around you guys. Let's get into this first one. This one's from the general. Yo, what is going on, Hayes, C-Dub, Bobby? I have a voicemail for you guys for the mailbag. This one is in regards to Claypool and Cole Komet. What do you guys think is the impact as well as the stats that uh, – the that they need to have for the next upcoming season in order to warrant them for a brand new contract. What I'm looking for is your predictions as far as stats and a type of impact that they need to have in order to warrant themselves for a brand new contract. Oh, and Montgomery, we have not forgotten about you. I just got two words for you. Target acquired. Stand by for Stand by for confirmation. Peace, guys. Shout out to Brandon Jet on that one. What impact does Cole Komet and Chase Claypool need to have to get an extension? Here, Chase Claypool, I think, would have to have a season of at least 950 passing yards. And the only reason I'm not saying in the thousands is because DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney, and I do think that those two players are going to get a nice chunk of the of the of the yardage there. But I, but. Chase Claypool needs to have about a 900, 950 yard, what I would say about 10 touchdowns. Maybe maybe that's being a little bit, hey, that, that's probably being, I'll say this. He needs to have between five and 10 touchdowns is what I'll say. That with Chase Claypool, that'll get him an extension, I think. Regardless of what anything else does, I think that'll get him an extension. But I do think it's still going to come. I don't, I do not necessarily see them extending Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. So, you know, that's kind of my thought process on that. You guys can let me know. Probably more like five. If five, five to six touchdowns, maybe. Uh, yeah, that touchdown number is always hard to gauge because just because you get a lot of yardage doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the most touchdowns. It depends on how things come down in the red zone. And with Chase Claypool being a potential big red zone target, um, I don't know. We'll we'll see with that one. But I think Chase Claypool getting that type of yardage, I think that'll solidify him here. How that overall fit in that wide receiver room also comes together, I think will will help tell that full story as well. As far as Cole Komet, man, that is hard to gauge because it really depends with bringing in Robert Tanyan, right? Um, we saw we saw Cole Komet used much better in the in the uh, red zone than what he's been used ever in his career, right? And a lot of part, a big part of why he hasn't gotten more touchdowns over his career has been the the play calling. Matt Nagy sucked, and he didn't use Chase Clay. I mean Cole Komet properly. And so you look at what he had last season. What Cole Komet had, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head, seven touchdowns last season. Um, so I would say that similar number of touchdowns, let's say between seven and ten touchdowns for him. He had 544 yards last season. I think with the improvement, he may get even more than that uh, with us just passing the, the ball more. So I'm going to say 650 yards receiving for Cole Komet, 
and I'm going to say eight touchdowns for Cole Komet. That locks him in in an extension. That That's him progressing even more with better wide receivers overall. I think that that's the type of season he have, and I, I pre- feel pretty confident about Cole Komet getting an extension either way, but I, I, I think that that's around the numbers you can expect from him going into next season. I may even be undercutting him just depending on how good our passing game comes along over the course of the season. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's for Mr. Black. Hey, Doug. Hey, what's happening, fellas? This is your man, Marifa Black, yet again, man. I'm coming at you, man, this time. We're talking about that offensive line, y'all. And one player in particular I want to talk about is Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair, man, last year was a gateway. He was just getting dropped left and right, man. The end of the year, we can't pretend like we didn't see this boy on his back at least three to four times a game, man. So he's at the center position this year protecting Justin Fields. I know we got a lot more beef up front with the rotation and the new players that came in, but Cody Whitehair is still at the center. Can he anchor and protect Justin Fields from getting that pressure up the middle? That's the question for this year. You understand what I'm saying? Cody Whitehair, man, if he ain't going to do the job, move over and get Dita Iceland in there or move over and get, you know, Lucas Patrick in there, somebody who can anchor because we need an anchor to protect Justin Fields and give Justin time to look downfield and throw that ball to our speedy wide receivers who run in 4-4-4-3. You feel But look here, man. That's all I got to say, man. I'm going to drop it on y'all. I'm going to let y'all get to it, dig. You know what I'm saying? Because I got things to do with places to go and people to see. You feel me? But look here, man. I'm going to holler at y'all next time. And till then, sit down, baby. Cody Whitehair. Um, I, I feel like you were a little bit rough on Cody Whitehair there. But here's what I'll say. Um, Cody Whitehair moving back to the center position, a position that, Last time he played full-time, he was a pro bowler. Not expecting him to be a pro bowler again, but I do think that that is a more natural position for him, right? And I do, I have faith that that, that Cody Whitehair is going to do excellent at that position. But what I will say, the, the players that you mentioned um, that, that, are behind, that are behind him on that depth chart at that position, I do think if Cody Whitehair for some reason has injury, anything like that, I do think that we can see the Bears maybe move on to another one of those options at the center position. Uh, when you look at Lucas Patrick, Doug Kramer as well, who's in there. Don't don't overlook Doug Kramer. Dieter could do that as well. We also heard some of J. Tyree Carter possibly be getting some snaps at the center position. So the Bears have options at center. It just really comes down to how well those options play and then how bad does Cody Whitehair play to where those options can get in the game. But I feel pretty confident in Cody Whitehair, but I agree with you. We have to keep Justin Fields upright as much as possible next season. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one is from Book. Yo, what's up, Hayes? This is Book from King Booker World, man. Uh, happy uh, Memorial Day to you, man. Hope you're being safe. Join your family. Just got a uh, comment, man. I, I keep seeing um, all these uh, little rankings and stuff about um, about the about the team and, and, and everything that's included. I also saw one about the coaches. Uh, talking about, um, I think it had Evil Flues ranked like number 28 out of the 30 coaches or whatever, man. Which I'm like, I mean, he ain't getting like no respect at all, man. That's why I hope when um the, when the Bears turn it around, and hopefully it's this year, man, and he win Coach of the Year, he can go ahead and let them know, you know, where they can go because I I, they, I don't think um Steven Flues get the respect that he deserves and he should because even though they went three and fourteen. The ability to hold it together like he did and have everybody still play hard for him, man, is a testament upon itself. But that's all I wanted to say, man. Hey, again, man, appreciate what you do. 
Chicago up, bet out. Matt Eberflus ranking at number 28. Well, here's what I'll say with that. When you're a 3-14 team, it makes sense, right? You're a team that obviously tanked towards the bottom half of the season, didn't pass the ball too well, didn't keep your franchise quarterback upright, your defense didn't look amazing, you got completely ate up in the running game at times. Like, there was a lot that went into that, and I can say, objectively, it makes sense. Now, I do think that we are going to be a drastically improved this year uh, team this year, and I think because of that, Matt Eberflus is going to get more positive attention, and I do think polls like this next year, he's going to come in much higher in. He's going to be probably more in the top half if this team performs in a way that we think and have seen, can see on paper them performing. But it really just comes down to how do you perform in the live games. No championships, no winning is done on paper. You have to do it on the field. And ultimately, because we didn't do that on the field, that is why Eberflus ranks low. Now, a rookie head coach, he's in last year as well, so you have those growing pains. But overall, I do think that Matt Eberflus is going to be looked at as a much more positive light when this season's all said and done, as a lot of our, our players are as well. So because of that, I'm not too worried. I'm really not too worried. I think the natural improvement, the natural trajectory of this team, we're going to go up in a major way. And because of that, people are going to start understanding that what Matt Eberflus is building down here is, is solid, right? Everybody doesn't pay attention to the day in and day out. They don't know about the culture building. They don't understand the hitch principle. They don't understand how Matt Eberflus has really built an open competition every single time and has used a different combination of guys to get the most out of. The little intricacies that Matt Eberflus does that are good as a head coach that we as Bears fans notice because we read, watch the team every single day, the national media doesn't necessarily pick up on that always because they're a little bit detached from that. And they really comes down to what they see on the field. And because the Bears didn't win a lot on the field, that is why I think you saw, you see those ratings where they were. But a lot of that I think is going to change next season. And I think we're going to be a much improved team. And Matt Eberflus is going to get some much needed and deserved positive momentum going his way as well. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Mike. Gentlemen, love hearing all three of you on the pod at the same time. You guys are cracking me up over here. Uh, I have a question. First of all, I don't care if Carter turns into the next Aaron Donald. What is the sack number for the Chicago Bears offensive line? If if the guys we brought in and free agency in the draft and the revamping of the line keep Justin below, because you know we ain't dealing with that 55 anymore. We can't deal with that 55. Anyway, <clears throat> what's the number? I'm looking under 25 uh, sacks this year. I know there are a lot of variables. I understand, but we got to get that number down. And as far as the NFL and player safety, I believe we want you want the players to be safe. Amen. I want the players to be safe. Amen. But we are playing football. And when I see Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Joe Burrow, when I see a ref put him in the tent and say, no, you can't play because you got a concussion, then I believe it because they don't. They don't care about player safety at all they care about numbers how many times we see our guy get smashed in the head this year and there wasn't even a flag i'm sitting there what the heck what's going on you got hit him helmet to helmet you got justin fields laying on the ground no flags what the anyway and that whole kickoff thing come on man this is football i miss buckets love y'all Bear down, man.
Right. How many sacks uh, do does the, the the Bears' offensive line give up? Um, here's what I say: We gave up 55 to Justin Fields last season, I believe, off the top of my head. I'm going to say we cut that down by over half. I'm going to say about 20 to 22 sacks we give up next season, and that's just going to come from having first and second year players on that offensive line. Uh, the growing pains of Justin Fields as well, holding on to the ball a little bit too more, learning to get that off a little bit quicker at times. That is going to that's going to keep the sack number fairly high. But I do think we're going to cut down that sack number by over half. I think that, that we're going to bring down that sack number by a considerable margin. Um, and I think especially on the back half of the season, once everything starts congealing, we're going to we're going to keep him upright more times than not. Now, to the last part of your thing, does the NFL or the refs really care about concussions? Man, that is such a great point. And I do think that the NFL as in large does care about concussions. I think all the the, the national attention on concussions um, and CTE and what it does, I think that they do care about it, right? I, I definitely think that. Um, but I do think also that the refs, uh, to your point, maybe we start seeing a little bit more penalization from the refs on, on teams and things during games to kind of keep players safe as well. I mean, the NFL is doing a lot for player safety. They're attempting to, at least. And I think that we're going to continually see that de develop over time. Um, that Look what they're doing with kickoffs. And as you said, like, football is football, man. You can't get rid of the kickoff. I mean, I say that, but watching, like, the next 10 years, somehow kickoffs are done away with. Like, it's, it's crazy when you think about it. But, hey, there you go. Thank you for the voicemail, Mike, as always. And thank you to everyone who left a voicemail. We do have a text message before we leave today. This one's from B. Mace, and he says this. What up, Chicago Bear Central? It's B Mace from Two Drinks with the Fellas podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys again for providing this consistent content. We appreciate all of you. Shout out to Hey C Dub, Bobby, Big Kev, and Steve O. Quick, quick rant and praise. First, Jalen uh, Johnson, he's talking about in this situation, was spending time with family. I'm cool with that. Just show up to game one ready. We don't need the seatbelt no more. Jack the whip and go for the joyride. I'm spoiled to have Peanut Tillman in my lifetime. Turnovers win games, legit facts. No excuse. Secondly, I want to say I'm so excited about this Tyreek Stevenson kid. He's built like built for this position, and his attitude is what reminds me of the greats. They look, they took calculated risk, and it paid off. He's gonna be all rookie, everything. Good hit pose, pause. Uh, LOL. No, nah, peace out, bros. Here's what I'll say: Tyreek Stevenson is gonna be an absolute monster. Period. That's that's just it. Everything about and around Tyreek Stevenson screams monster. He has the mentality. He has the focus. He hits hard. He has the skill. He has the quickness. He has everything that you want from a big-time corner. And to your point, I do think he's going to be able to get turnovers. I think him and um, Kyler Gordon are going to be able to get turnovers. Now, as far as the Jalen Johnson piece of it, right, I agree with you. Like, you got to like, – OTAs are optional. They're not mandatory for a reason. The biggest thing is, and he said he's going to be there next week, the biggest thing is, is be ready when the lights are on and be ready to perform. Because like I said, you got dogs behind you ready to take your spot if you don't perform there, young fella. Period. That's it. That's what it boils down to. And because of that, we need to see Jalen Johnson step up some, be more of a leader, right? And the turnovers are one thing. I want to see him get more tackles. I want to see him uh, not get burnt as many times as he has. I want to see some overall improvement. Jalen Johnson is not a bad corner by any stretch of the imagination. The biggest question going forward is, is he a number one corner on a great defensive team? That is the question that you're looking for to ask yourself from Jalen Johnson as this season goes on. But Tyreek Stevenson is there and ready. And regardless, Tyreek Stevenson is going to make his presence felt in every opportunity he gets. Just why. But that's it. That's today's episode of Chicago Bears Central. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode where we'll get into the mailbag again. 
But make sure you're following the show at Shy Bear Central. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, chicagobearcentralgmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for those mailbag episodes, the number to do so, 773-242-9336. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on. Shy Town up, but bear down. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.